Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par Podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is life. I'm your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, KJ and T-Bone. How's it going, fellas? Good, good. Living the dream. Ready to rock and roll. KJ, did you have a good weekend, man? You were up in uh, San Antonio Bass Shop area, right, playing some golf? I did. I got to play Wolf Dancer, which is a uh, Hyatt resort course, I believe. Okay. Beautiful course. It is hard, though. Very hard. Mm-hmm. Every shot demanding. And you miss, you're gone. <laughs> I've only played nine holes out there, but I remember being on the driving range, which was immaculate, and they had these nice speakers up in the trees playing this peaceful music, and I thought, oh, yeah. Today's going to be a good day, and got out on the course, and <laughs> not so much. Pretty brutal. Let's just say I, I don't ever carry many golf balls in my bag, but. We left there, and I had one golf ball, and it was not in good shape. (laughs) That course is tough, man. That course is real tough. It's one of the – I'm not a big fan of hill country golf, just in general. Hill country golf, if you go down to Austin, San Antonio, it's very strange, very weird, especially coming from Houston where it's very flat, and you go up to the hill country, it's – when you got to hit up and down hills, it just – it kind of throws me off a little bit, and depth perception is strange. Elevation change, but more than anything, putting. I can't tell you how many times – like, you look at the green, obviously right to left putt, but then you realize, I'm on the side of a mountain, and the putt yeah. goes up the hill if that was on a flat, like, lie. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I mean, it was like flipping a coin every putt. It was <laughs> it was miserable. And that's, that's bad for me because I'm already not a great putter. <laughs> when I have no idea where it's going and how it's going to break, I'm just, it wasn't fun. Yeah. For me, there's also a mental thing with it just being so dry all the time. That if I hit a ball that's borderline in or out of bounds, it's gone. It's just not going to stay on the course. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had to hit from like, it's not like, a, it's like cactus, but it's a like the weird, is it, is it cottonwood trees that they got out there? It's, yeah. It's tough if you don't find the fairway. Yeah. Number one's a great example. Bunkers down the right and it bends around. Like he was saying, you can't play your normal shots on that golf course. You have to feed it in whichever way the fairway's going. Because mm-hmm. if you fight it, it's almost impossible to get that golf ball to stop because usually it is so dry and it's pretty fir- firm course usually. So it's just, I mean, you hit a draw into a cut fairway. It's You have to land it absolutely perfectly just yep. to hold it. I think we had regionals out there one year, and I think low score was like 78 or yeah. something like that. Not surprising on a course like that. Those, those resort courses, they're weird because resort courses just have that style and feel to it but some of them can be get pretty tough like horseshoe bay for example or even the hyatt lost pines near austin those courses are whew, they're tough yeah i mean wolf dancer it's really one of those courses and i thought this multiple times during that round if you play that from the tips there's multiple times where you're out there like there's nowhere to hit this golf ball <laughs> i could easily see that being a pga tour like stop good quality you know good conditions and it's just hard it is a hard golf course yeah, no doubt. So that was kind of our weekend, or KJ's weekend. T-Bone, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was chill. A lot, of, spo- much. A lot of sports, not golf. Yeah. Didn't play them, just watched. Me and T-Bone went out to the Baylor and Rice football game. That was pretty fun. Baylor yeah. barely squeaked it out. Against a really bad Rice team, which yep. is a little concerning. Hey, you know but, what? Uh, a win is a win. We got to take it. True. I'll be going up for the Baylor-Iowa State game this weekend. Really? Yes. Ames? No, it's in Waco. Okay. No, I don't want to go to Ames. Okay. <laughs> Do you know why? 
Because it's Ames. Ames, Iowa. Yeah. Oh, that does not sound fun. Unfortunately, I'm missing a, a golf trip this weekend. Shout out to Dumpy, Nate, and KJ is going to be there as well. I really wish I could make it. But, uh, you know, got to go support the Bears. All right, we're coming to you from Houston, Texas, from the campus of the Cannon. Check us out on social media at 3 on a par pod. That is the number 3, 3 on a par pod on Twitter and Instagram. we got a couple DMs, some outside the ropes questions that we're going to be answering today because it was kind of a slow week <laughs> in golf. Like, I'm pretty sure Timo texted us and was like, hey, what are we going to talk about today? I thought that last week. Ooh, and there yeah. was even some stuff last week. This week, it's, hey, we're going to make it work. We are here because Little White Ball is life. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts, just like a sentence or two. And then most importantly, though, tell a friend about the podcast. All right. Where do you want to start? You want to start off? I kind of want to start off with some European tour. The PGA Tour, it's in their fall season. But the European Tour, it's kind of, it was a pretty good field this week. Down at the BMW, uh, Rory McIlroy was playing. It was the first European Tour event for Victor Hovland as well. Uh, but the man of the hour was Danny Willett. T-Bone, your boy Danny Willett comes away with the win. What do you think about that, man? Was that his first win since the Masters? I believe so. Wow. Public. The best, right? <laughs> <laughs> Public enemy number one for no reason. Just that he, <laughs> just that, yeah, it's unfortunate that he ruined a my golf year back in what 2016 2016 god but is it weird to think that danny willett okay i feel like danny willett him winning the masters started this weird trend of like almost one-off people winning the masters yeah danny willett sergio garcia and then patrick reed three years in a row like are there three worst years of green jacket winners i don't know i i mean I don't want to say worse years because it's still really impressive. Sergio's obviously been around for a long time. Patrick Reed, Captain America, whatever whatever you want to call him. But Danny Will was just like a really strange thing. You know what? It was all worth it for this year. Wait, what happened this year? Let's tell everybody again. What happened? KJ, you want to tell everybody what happened? Tiger, baby. Tiger won the Masters. Never gets old. Never gets old. But, yeah, you know, it's been a long road for Danny Willett to get back in the winner's circle. Uh, he's actually had a pretty good year. Or last year or two, I feel like. Man, the fall from grace after winning the Masters, like he hasn't really done shit since then, uh, obviously until this last year. It's really starting, though, for the Europeans to start qualifying for the Ryder Cup. And a lot of those guys are really going to be working on their games hard to get ready for the Ryder Cup come 2020 because um, a lot of people are saying that Victor Hovland even though he doesn't have like the points and he's so young, rookie, whatnot, but he's from Norway, that he might be a dark horse for that European Ryder Cup team come 2020. And I don't know about y'all, but if I were to see Victor Hovland on the other side of that team, I'd actually be pretty scared. Even though the European, even though the Americans are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a young guy. You know, he's going to be bringing fire. First time in a Ryder Cup, you know, it's a whole different deal when you're playing for you know, your country or Europe, whatever it may be. So, I mean, it's going to fire him up, and that's that's one guy you don't want fired up when you're playing it. No. Nope. Wait, are we, who are we talking about? Victor Hovland. Okay. Victor Hovland. I, sorry, I zoomed out for him? a little bit. But, yeah, we talk about him every goddamn week. But 
I thought we were still talking about Danny Willett. Sorry, I zoned out for a little bit, and I didn't know where we were going with that. <laughs> hey, T-Bone, thanks for joining us, man. <laughs> hey, happy to be here. <laughs> you didn't even play tennis this evening. I know. That's probably why I'm off. Oh, yeah. Mind isn't as sharp as it yeah. usually is. Yeah. That's all right. Well, welcome back. Glad you could join us. Yeah. We're talking some golf. Okay. I'm, I'm good. It's Monday evening. Tuesday. Well, Tuesday when this comes out anyway. I'm not going to get confused there but congrats to danny willett roy mcelroy there's just so many videos i think it was roy mcelroy's first tournament back since his win at the tour championship i mean it's roy mcelroy i think he looked pretty good i'm not sure what he finished at but he had the most typical rory tournament ever backdoored it he made hard made the shot made the cut by a shot and then finished his top 10 <laughs> i think it, it went like 65 or 63 on the weekend or something like yeah, that it was just unbelievable he shot 76 the first day Definitely looking at the cut, just staring the cut in the face, and you nailed it. Typical Rory, just backdoor top 10. Where's Rory? Oh, he's top 10. You know, one thing I don't think we touched on a couple of weeks ago was Rory McIlroy was, was named PGA Tour Player of the Year over Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka though, was named the PGA America Player of the Year, which I think I mentioned because Brooks won the PGA Championship. Rory McIlroy won the Players and the Tour Championship. Shout out to me. I called it that he was going to win that one. But Rory McIlroy had a, obviously a very good season, but he played like crap in the majors. So it was a very interesting thing how some people were like, how much emphasis do we place on the majors? Like at the end of the day, majors are what you're judged on, like rings in the NBA or Super Bowl rings in the NFL. But you don't want to take away from their seasons. I don't know. Do, I mean, do y'all think he deserved the PJ Tour Player of the Year? I mean, it totally – Depends on how you look at it, like we said. Majors are a bigger factor. When you're talking about player of the year, if you play four tournaments, you can't be the player of the year. He had a more yeah. consistent year than Brooks Kepka. Okay? Of course, you know, besides the majors, didn't really show up. But when you're talking about span over the year, he had that span of five tournaments where I don't think he really finished outside the top ten. Or top five. Yeah, or top or five. It was just whatever ridiculous. Whatever it was, it was stupid. Yeah, I think he was more consistent over the year, not in the majors, though, obviously. So player of the year, yes, I can see how that happens. Just depends on how much weight you put on the majors. Majors are everything, though. Apparently to some people, not. Apparently not the Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour. Look, if you win the flagship event of the PGA Tour with the Players' Championship, and then you win the Tour Championship, odds are the organization that hosts those two tournaments are going to give you the freaking player of the year. It makes you think, is this was this award given to Rory to hype up the the final tournament of the year? It's got to be. Well, it was named after, though, after the tournament. I'm saying it shows if you win that tournament, they look at it as a huge factor to weigh for the player of the year. Very heavily weighted. Which could be, you know, it's like it's not there yet, but they're probably trying to make it look like it is with Rory winning that tournament and then giving him player of the year. Yeah, you know, the Tour Championship – First time in that weird format of Justin Thomas starting at 10 under. I think Patrick Cantlay started at 8, and then he just slid down the leaderboard like Roy McIlroy did in 2011 at the Masters. But even uh, I heard Justin Thomas, he was on the No Laying Up podcast, and he was talking about how weird it was going into the tournament with the lead. It's hard enough to go wire the wire on the PGA Tour. And then if you enter the tournament already with the lead, he was saying it was just very hard that people. It was he didn't like that people were already giving him the tournament, already almost almost handing them the trophy. 
but I th- I think he said he liked the format. And at the end of the day, even though it's a we thought it was a clown show, or I did at least, it wouldn't make sense. It kind of worked. And at the end of the day, we got Roy McIlroy, Brooks Kepka in the final group, and we'll see. Obviously, it's not perfect, but I think it actually might work in the future. Yeah, I think that's going to stick around. It it definitely makes it easier for the viewers too. Yeah. T-Bone kind of touched on it. Oh, if he makes this, he's only 4,000 points. What what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Tour Championship, today was the one-year anniversary of Tiger Woods winning the Tour Championship. Videos were going around like crazy. Everybody's storming the fairway again. I'm getting chills just talking about it, y'all. That was It's crazy to think that that was one year ago today you know tigers we thought that that was the comeback what do you say t-bone like you you were good with that yeah that was good that was fine i thought that was going to be the peak of it and then the masters yeah that whole masters thing happened tiger woods that just shows again how much he's overcome i think at this point in his career in our lifetimes we just want to appreciate the fact what he's meant for golf seeing greatness be great like that's what we want at the end of the day it's so cool seeing the fairway being filled with all the people. Security can't hold them back. Tiger's trying to swim through the crowd to get to the green. It's amazing. It's amazing. Rory's running away from the crowd. That was good <laughs> stuff. Yes. And then one year later, Roy McIlroy ends up winning the Tour Championship. I actually kind of thought about that when I was watching it. Like, it, it just didn't have the same effect that it did. It's not Tiger. It's not Tiger. It's not Tiger. As much as we want Rory... Jordan Spieth, all these guys to be Tiger. There's no, there's not going to be another Tiger Woods. No, at the end of the day, not a chance. I mean, he was dominant for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely dominant. Whenever you win a U.S. Open, strongest field out there by that many strokes, you are, well, Tiger. That's and, all you can say. And then again, he wins the U.S. Open on one leg. True, true. That was, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty stout. I saw that video again the other day of him making that putt on 18. And Mike Hicks is like, do you expect anything different? Like, Tiger, oh, man. Shells again. Tiger's amazing. Tiger's amazing. Um, is this a good transition for a little golf gossip? Yeah, let's hear it. What you got in it's golf a, gossip? It's a little about? light. It's more of a hypothetical, but still, you know, some gossip in there. Got to keep it. Uh, Got to keep that in there. So, okay. continuing on Tiger, around 1998, he decided he was going to part ways with Fluff. Uh, Mark Mark Cohen? Yeah, whatever. His name's Fluff. Fluff is Everyone knows man. who Fluff is. Yeah, Fluff. You would recognize Fluff if you saw him out there. He's had the same mustache for the bag. 30 the years or something. Yeah. Anyways, he decided he was going to – or Butch Harmon had recommended two caddies, you know, Stevie Williams and Tony Navarro. And I didn't even know who Tony Navarro was, to be honest. But he was actually asked first – if he would consider the job, and he said, no, I'm sticking with Greg Norman. So looking back. Ouch. How'd that turn out? <laughs> so what, Tiger, the next season was 1999 when he won He won the Masters. I think he won the U.S. Open, whatever. Basically started the beginning of the most impressive uh, streak of golf success in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. And... The guy said, Tony Navarro said, no, I'm sticking with Greg Norman. Greg Norman. Yikes. Talk about a missed opportunity <laughs> right there. Can you imagine? Has there ever been a player to be better, better to caddy for than Tiger? 
just I don't know pure if it's, winnings and I don't you know, know if status. it would be looking back. I mean, there was a success, but the job could have probably sucked too. At you, that point, dude, Tiger, uh, story, you suck it up. Well, Tiger was just, just a huge ass. Like he would have been a terrible boss to work for at until that he cuts that paycheck. Yeah, Are you kidding when you, me? When you're raking in millions of dollars, that's just also true bag, because like, you don't because he got to the point where he wasn't playing that much. But when he did play, he'd win. Yes, which is the best case scenario as a caddy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's like yeah, being but, a backup field goal kicker. Like yeah. that guy's never going to get hurt. I'm still making bank. Yeah, you, I know. You know, you were Stevie Williams during that period though was maybe not early on, but once we got to probably I'm going to say oh four, oh five, oh six, he probably had to start dealing with some bad shit Ooh, going yeah. on with Tiger. But I mean, at the same time, he did. This guy missed the biggest opportunity, and Stevie Williams is on the bag for the Tiger Slam. The only guy in the modern era to hold all four major championships at the same time, and he had a chance to do that. Ugh. I feel for him. For Greg Norman, I guess. Okay, so Greg Norman, even just a few years earlier in '96, I mean, he was in Masters contention. That's when he was rolling on the ground like a little bitch. Uh, to Nick Faldo ended up winning. Tiger Woods won the Masters after that. If you're him, like, yeah, probably Greg Norman's the safer choice, quote-unquote safer choice at that point. Probably number one player in the world around this time. Maybe a little earlier In 97, Tiger Woods set the Masters record at the age of, what, 21? Like, why wouldn't you want to be on board for that? Just knowing the longevity of his career was going to be. Golly, that's tough. Do you think there's been a worse... Missed opportunity as far as, I guess, kind of coaching or or anything in sports. In sports, I would say the Trailblazers drafting Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Or Greg or Greg Oden over <laughs> or Kevin. Or Greg Gordon over, Kevin, over Durant. Kevin Durant. I was thinking maybe... Man, the Trailblazers suck. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking maybe uh, Billy Bean staying with the A's over the Red Sox. Ooh. Uh, but despite all those... I still think this, or the San Diego Chargers drafting Ryan Leaf, yeah, over Peyton Manning. Yep, that's tough. Yeah, I still think this is Ooh. probably in golf. I I can't think of anything worse. I don't think so. Man, that's some good golf gossip. It's almost like a history lesson. Yeah, T Bone is is the golf gossip and historian. Yeah, he gets a new title bar. every week. I love it. Yeah, he's fluid. We're flexible. <laughs> We're flexible. Fantastic. Uh, also, this week was the Sanderson Farms tournament in Missouri. Nope, Mississippi. Mississippi. It was a big one, though. <laughs> well, last year, Cameron Champ won the Sanderson Farms. I saw something like the Sanderson Farms. They've had a first-time winner on the PJ Tour the last six years in a row. And none of them have had another victory. All really? one-time winners. I did not know Correct that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say after Cameron Champ won that tournament... He was hyped up beyond belief and was oh, near yeah. the master. He was becoming towards, maybe was the master's favorite. Yes. After that tournament? Yeah. He was on, every, he was on every magazine. He was everywhere. Like 75% of the golf talk for probably the next month and a half was him. Yeah. And he wasn't even doing too well after that. It's not like he won again. He just but, crushed the ball and won a tournament. Yeah. Cameron Champ hits the piss out of the golf ball. That he does. He's up there with like Brooks Kepko, Roy McIlroy in terms of his length, right? Uh, and then last last year at the Sands of Farms, he was he was rolling the rock really well. I think that's why people were so high on him. He hasn't done. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't done anything since. 
Like, I can't even tell you how many cuts he's made or missed cuts. It's probably, frankly, more missed cuts than made cuts, if I had to guess. Granted, he's still a PJ Tour winner. Big deal. But he, He's not Smiley Kaufman level yet. But <laughs> Ooh, Man. God, that we'll, is a uh, kiss of death. Or Daniel Berger's getting there. I don't know. You know what's crazy? I think that Daniel Berger was on the President's Cup team just two years ago. Mm-hmm. And now he's not even on the PGA Tour. It's, it's wild how quickly things can change in I, this game. It's a funny game. It is, it is funny how I wonder, you know, how these guys just have kind of fallen off. Yeah. And then I, I look at the shots I hit on Saturday or on the weekend. <laughs> and I'm, why can't these guys make it on the PGA Tours, be yeah. successful on the PGA Tour? It's easy, right? Nope. Yeah. Well, we haven't said the winner yet. The winner was Sebastian Munoz from um, Bogota, Colombia. Or how do you pronounce it, T-Bone? Bogota? Oh, Bogota? Bogota. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Throwback to one of our first episodes. Yeah, yeah. Shout Bogota. Out, shout out to the Fit Golfer Girl. If you go back and listen to it, T-Bone on the introduction, he's like, Carolina Romero from Bogota, Colombia. <laughs> that, what was his other geography? Oh, uh, South Korea? Is that the good one? That one, too. That was a good one. <laughs> So, <laughs> history, just not geography. This <laughs> is a golf podcast, baby. We're not ta- Geography doesn't matter. <laughs> Fuck, those are pretty bad. Yeah, those are not great. So, Sebastian Moose is from where, T-Bone? I'm scared to say no. You got it. You got it. Bogota. <laughs> Bogota. 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 That sounds like some redneck city in Texas. <laughs> yeah, Dust Bowl down there in Bogota yeah. today. Down there in the valley. So, I mean, congrats to him. 26 years old. Literally one of those guys. He actually played in North Texas, so he played his college okay. golf in Texas. Right down the road. Four professional wins. Um, one on the Corn Ferry Tour, and now is a first-time winner on the PGA Tour. Literally worked his way up, coming from P- uh, PGA Tour Latin America up through the ranks. So, uh, you know, congrats to him. You're a PGA Tour winner. That's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We'll see uh, who wins next year at the San Anderson Farms. If I had to guess, it's going to be some corn fairy guy that we haven't really heard of yet who gets his card, and two weeks later, he wins on the PJ Tour. So kind of like this guy, which is awesome. Really great. Uh, so congrats to him. I got some outside the ropes question, guys, and then uh, we're going to answer some of these questions, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, so, again, email us at three – or it's threeunderparpod at gmail.com. That is our email, or you can send us DMs on social media. First question I want to ask all was actually a thread that I was seeing on Twitter, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And we were actually kind of discussing this before we came on the air. And do want to preface KJ is a little biased about this subject because of KJ is a teaching professional. <laughs> he's give, he's giving me a death stare right now. So there are a lot of guys out there who play professional golf and don't make it. Like even a lot of guys, if you went out on the web.com, Corn Fairy Tour, whatever the hell it's called now. A lot of those guys, maybe they play a year on the PGA Tour, they're going back and forth, they run out of money, or they just get burned out, and so they go back into the real world and either work regular jobs or odd jobs or whatnot. Uh, but then at the, at the end of the day, they'll get their amateur status back. Should former professional golfers be allowed to play in amateur tournaments? The reason why this came up is was because the U.S. Mid-Am was this weekend. And with the U.S. Mid-Am, there are a lot of guys out there let's say between the ages of 30 and 45, who used to play professional golf, maybe even made it to the PJ Tour in some cases, but then they turn am- or they get their amateur status back, and then they can go out and dominate the amateur game, at least the, at the mid-am level. Maybe not the USAM because those college kids are just really stupid good now. But 
What do y'all think about that? Should former professionals be allowed to play in amateur events? I'll kind of weigh in here first on that. Sure. I think absolutely. Okay. Okay. And I'll even go further into that. I hate that because somebody has put in their time and worked their ass off, they can't play amateur events? No. If you're an amateur and you have your status, you can play. 100%. I don't think any reason why you should be penalized just because you cut your teeth and we're practicing and we're actually on the tour. Okay? They didn't get there just by blind luck. Right? They put in the time. Right. Now... I understand people saying, well, you know, he's been a professional. He got to do this for five years, you know, 40 hours a week while I was, you know, doing people's accounting. Yeah. At one point, this individual was making a living playing golf while people like myself have real jobs and then like to play amateur golf on the side. Yeah. I mean, that I do kind of see somewhat of like where you could have an issue, but I'm so far on the other side of that. I'm even on, I'm not even a fan of handicaps. I'll be honest with you. I hate that shit. Interesting. I got to go out and give some guy 15 strokes because he likes to drink beer and never practice his game. Well, you do that too. Yeah. Well, that's a good Yeah, that's but he's still very stretch. true. I haven't, I haven't practiced in a long time. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's horse shit. It really is. I think, it, uh, like I said, I'm going to be biased. I don't currently have my amateur status. So I don't know how long that would take to get back, but I don't know. I, I think you should definitely let him play. Okay. T-Bone, what do you think? I'm thinking probably not. Okay. What you got? Once you, I don't know. I think once you go pro, if you don't make it full, I don't know. The fact that you went pro means you got to have been good enough to, you know, at some level. And I think that amateur status is, I don't know. It should just be held to the people that have held out from going pro. Because the first example I thought of was, it's different with being a different sport, but like these NBA players that will do the one and done. So then they go play in the NBA and they don't make it. I'd be like, oh shit, I'm going to go back to college and play basketball. And they would probably dominate depending on, I mean, depending golf, on the level they golf go isn't, you know, ages aggressively as basketball. But yeah. I think if you had the chance to, to make it, also, I feel like if you didn't make it as a pro, personally, I would see a lot of those guys not having motivation to try and make it as an amateur. Just, I feel like a lot of those guys would be burned out, but okay, the that, ones that still have the drive are probably really good, mm-hmm. and I think they kind of lost their chance with being able to play as an amateur. I mean, think about our friends Preston and Trey. We went and played golf with them. What if they ended up not working out and they get their amateur status back. Uh, Preston and Trey would roast us in any tournament that we would want to play in though, KJ. That would that kind of some kids or some guys that we know around here who are way better than us because they're pros now, but let's say in two years you get the amateur status back. Look, you don't lose your game that badly when you get that good. So that's why that argument kind of came up. Uh, there are some people going back and forth on it. Yeah, so m- maybe a, a- meeting ground between me and T-Bone's kind of thoughts on is maybe there should be like some point of a waiting period, you know? You can't play a PGA Tour event and then next week you don't have your... Right. Er- well, it takes a long time to get your amateur status back. How about period? six months? At least. I've heard in I some cases where it takes multiple years. I think it should be varying levels. So if you played on the PGA Tour, it should be 
a long time. If you played Corn Fairy, maybe a few years. If you're a reject like KJ, we'll give him a few months. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you I okay do. with that, KJ? Reject? I, I think you have to try to get rejected. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I don't, I don't think I ever really uh, put a shot in. Um, but, yeah, maybe there's some kind of waiting period where I could be kind of okay with that situation. But I don't think there's any reason. Like, if you're an accountant for 10 years, you can't play the Texas Mid-Am 10 years after you played, you know, a year on the Corn Ferry or Web.com Tour or whatever it was mm-hmm. back then. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I did play in the Texas Mid-Am last week. And I didn't even think about that, hey – there might be some former professional golfers out there that I got to go out and try to beat now. I'm or, with you. I think or uh, former professional basketball players that beat you. <laughs> Who beat me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got me there. Darren Williams, you're always welcome to come on the podcast to talk about some golf if you want. Open invitation. I think any professional golfer who gets their amateur status back should be allowed to play, even though it kind of sucks. For the people who didn't even try to make it, like us, uh, I think just to be consistent, you should let them play because they do get their amateur status back. What I mean, golf was obviously part a big part of these guys' lives, and what are you going to do? Take that away? Not let them compete exactly. at any level? Exactly. I think if you wanted to maybe create a separate tournament, if the USGA would be like, "Hey, there are a lot of professional golfers out there now. Uh, we can come up with like a." former pro-am uh, or pro-amateur tournament where former pros can play in, and then if you've never had pro status, then you can play in just an amateur tournament. Maybe that could be a common ground solution, but I don't think anybody would be happy about that. So in order to be consistent in my thinking, you got to just let them play. Even though, man, it really kind of does suck that, hey, I got to go against a 30-year-old or 35-year-old who played on the PGA Tour for two or three years. Like, no, he's probably going to kick my ass. Yeah. Jason Gore is kind of a good example of that, right? Yeah. If, if he gets his – I mean, he actually made a little run there on the PGA Tour for a while. You know, He played he, in the final group yeah. at the U.S. Open not, long, yeah. not too long ago. If you're standing on the tee box and you're in match play with Jason Gore, are you going to feel like it's unfair? Eh, you're probably going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. But See, well, I, also, I think you lose the mental battle. And oh, yeah. the mental battle is – Maybe it's like, even more important like start, than a physical battle. It's like starting the tournament 10 down to Justin Thomas. You're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's what I don't like. You could just have Jason Gore out there and go, oh, I couldn't really make it as a pro. I'll go fuck around in amateur golf. Starts racking amateur golf and he goes, hey, I actually might go back to the pros. This is cool. While well, these guys are just trying to play golf as an amateur. I right. don't know. That's tough. Yeah, it's a like I said, it was just a very interesting discussion that I thought. And I just wanted to get y'all's input on. Uh, it sounds like the consensus here outside of T-Bone is let is let the boys play. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. But I definitely see what you're saying, though, T-Bone. I see both sides of the argument here. Um, it's just very interesting. All right. So the other question outside the ropes I had was from uh, Garza. Garza is a loyal listener of the pod. Shout out to Garza, my roommate. He actually had a question about Steph Curry. You know, NBA guy. Has those terrible shoes. Him. His shoes are awful. He's Golf big, shoes are... Other shoes. I think both. he came out with both. They all suck. Uh, but <laughs> he asked, do you think after Steph Curry is done playing in the NBA, is he going to try to join the PJ Tour? And if he does, do you think he'll win a PJ Tour tournament? I'll start this one off. There's no way in hell he's ever going to win a PJ Tour tournament. 
Agreed. No way. No way. Hell. I Especially will... later on down the road, the talent's only getting better and better and better. If I had a million dollars to put on maybe 150 guys on the PGA Tour over Steph Curry, I'd do it every single time. Yep. So the people that come to mind is Romo, who that's that's never going to happen. I mean, John uh, or um, yeah, Romo John played Smoltz. in the AT&T Byron Nelson list last year. John Smoltz might be one of the best professional athletes who try to make it, and he never really even got that close. That's I think that's the closest way he's going to be able to even get close. Would do the senior tour when he's. You know, right. fifty or so. Yeah. yeah. But and I will say, when he played in the Web. dot com event a, f- a few years ago, he shot. I think he shot one over for two days and missed the cut, which I thought was really impressive. I think he shot one over for one day and then yeah. shot like eighty three or four yeah. one of the other days. But point being is that yeah, one day yeah he played pretty well. But he played better than I thought he would. But yes. Yes. To your point, when but he's he's still got years left of basketball. All right, he's not going to be playing one more year. Mm-hmm. So look at the guys who are going to be turning to the CGA or the uh, the senior tour. You're going to have guys like Tiger and Furyk, Phil, Phil, Davis, Love, VJ. Any of them yeah. going to kick the shit out of Steph? <laughs> like 100. Yeah. percent Yeah. It's not like the talent out there is getting worse. The longer he waits, it's just. I mean, it's not going to be a. It'd be also, like us trying to go play out there. I also, I mean, don't really want to give him yeah. credit. He's got I game, don't. It's not going to happen. Nope. I don't like how athletes will do. We'll try and make it as golf in golf. Why not? It's almost like disrespectful that, oh, like this is fun. I can do this too. No, I think it's impressive. I I, I love when they do that because they never make it. That shows yeah, that's true. That shows yeah, you true. how good the talent is out there. Oh, that's a good point. Like yeah, un- and it's not getting worse. The young talent no, the right talent now is so deep is the best it's ever been. Yep. Another three years, it's going to be the best it's ever been. Like it's just insane. Is Romo the closest right now? He's got to be better than Steph and any, anyone yeah, else. Yeah, because I, I think of. Smoltz is too old. Mark Mulder, the former pitcher, I heard he's an incredible golfer as well. But in terms of, yeah, athletes, PGA Tour, Romo, uh, Jake Owen, he played in the Web.com event in Nashville as well. The singer, yeah, Steph. Those are the only guys I can think of. You know who has a really good golf swing is J.R. Smith. He's yeah, a, yeah, he has. He's got a really good swing. But there's just something about KJ. You're right. It's almost let them try to show how good these kids are. And the guys who aren't even close to making it, they're still really freaking good too. And I'm, you know, we, we mentioned Trey Impression earlier. Those guys are incredible, and they're working on it. Jerry Ruiz, who's my buddy, former Corn Ferry Tour, lost a lot of his status. He's trying to get it back. He's one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. Kramer Hickok, he just got his status back. Uh, Bo Hostler just got his status back. Like, are you telling me Steph Curry's going to go out and beat these guys? Like, no way. Not even close. There's no way. It is impressive, though, that he can go out at least for one day, do well. Same with uh, Tony Romo. You know, he had, I think he only put together nine holes, though, that was really good. There's just something about the PJ Tour setup that is so different. It doesn't matter how many times you play the course beforehand, see the course, you know the course. Once you put those pins in tight positions, you grow the rough up a little bit, shave in those fairways. It's a different ball game out there. No, thank you. Hard pass. I think Steph Curry might try, though. Maybe in the same way that Tony Romo tries. Like, look, Romo's busy with CBS calling football games with Jim Nance. He doesn't necessarily have the time to put into his golf game. I could see Steph Curry going to, like, TNT or, you know, being an NBA analyst 
slowly working on his golf game. Like I said, I, he'll probably try. Just like Charles. Maybe he'll play in that web <laughs> event. Yeah, just. <laughs> or Shaq. Oh, my does. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty good question. So uh, shout out to Garza again for that. Thanks for sending that in. Okay. The other one that I wanted to ask, and then we will leave. So this outside the ropes questions coming from yours truly. T-Bone. Not to, I think as Scott has said, what is it, a soft flex? Yeah, soft flex. Soft flex. I am going to Hawaii this week. Really? Going to Hawaii. All right. And I have a tea time on Friday morning at 7 a.m. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so. Sleep at the bar. On Thursday night, or on Thursday, I am going to a, this, again, this is going to be a. Like a luau? A little, uh, oh, I'm going for a wedding, a buddy's wedding. Oh, cool. But on Thursday, I'm going to be on a party boat, and then I have a, fri- a Friday tea time at 7 a.m. So my question is, as a decent golfer, I think there's a certain handicap where no matter what, you play with your own clubs. You cannot get rentals. Do I get rental clubs considering all the factors? Yes, absolutely. I I've seen clubs. you shoot fucking 90. Why would you take your, <laughs> why would you take your clubs? <laughs> you think you think hey, uh, hey he also shot under par in a dress that's I true under par that's in a dress. true but i mean riddle clubs it's so much easier to blame shit on that's true like Ooh, good you lower the expectations and over deliver but don't that's you think the there's a certain point where you just can't using rental clubs is a sin it's the worst thing in the world i hate it <laughs> yeah but i'm probably gonna do it and i think it's a total hack move how many rounds are you getting in one just one yeah in hawaii not I think, worth it. I think you got to rent the clubs. So yeah. I go to. Do you know why? Because it's so far. It's not like you're yeah. just going to Mexico or something like that. Like it's a, it's a trek to get out to Hawaii from Texas. Yeah, it's a little far. So you're saying I get rentals, buy a thirty pack of Pinnacles, get the Bloody Marys going, and just let it rip. Fuck yeah, white white socks, black full shoes sin. for sure. Do it full sin. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt, just go. <laughs> oh full, yeah, full tourist. <laughs> you wear those on the golf course anyway. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Hundred percent true. But don't you think there is a certain level of... Yeah. I guess it depends on the trip, too. Okay, have and, you looked at... And how the, serious the round is. Like, if you're going to oh, Hawaii yes. after a boat party the night before, like, you're not going to break 85, probably. Correct. So not a chance. why? Okay, which why? island are you going to? Oahu. I've never been to Oahu. I'm playing the Royal Hawaiian. That sounds hard. Don't know anything <laughs> the about Royal it. Royal Hawaiian? At least you're playing at 7 a.m., so I shouldn't be blowing, like, 40 yet. Yeah. I'll get my... Uh, Regular shafted Callaway Diablo, just ripping that thing. <laughs> oh, that that's like the number one rental set is Callaway it's Diablos. Callaway it's like Diablo. everywhere. It's got a hooded club face. Yeah, there's just there's just something there's just something like I'm gonna be ripping ouch. pinnacles into the no, ocean. No sound like a top flight coming off a of Callaway Diablo, man. It's like hitting a fucking marble with a two by four. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, man. Okay, have you looked into like ship sticks? Or ship sticks. It's more they're expensive not an if official, you're going to white. They're not an official sponsor yet, so I, will, yeah. I don't have to yeah, good, cut the check, talk ship them sticks. up. Ship sticks is really fucking expensive. Yeah. It used well, to be it's also, 40 flat, and now it's gone up. It's expensive to rent clubs. Like it It's is. probably, That's what, 100 thing. bucks? It's 65. Okay. Which will probably be 65 to check my bag both ways. Right. I think it's, I... It, that, that is a hassle to yeah. bring the clubs... Yeah, yeah. I, I would rent clubs because you're going to Hawaii. Like if you're staying on the mainland of the U.S., 
I would take your clubs. Yeah. I'm I'm flying to Nashville for a bachelor party coming up. Okay. I'll be hitting fucking Diablos. Yeah, hundred percent. That's true. Like it, it does depend if other people are it's bringing golf their clubs. Trip. If yeah. it's a golf trip, like one hundred percent. I think you need. Don't even think about it. Bring your clubs. If you're playing at least two rounds, bring your clubs. Yes. I'm playing one early, rough, rough tee time. So it's not gonna be that bad if you're just still drunk. You can't. You can't. You can't get that one hour of sleep though. Yeah. How good are the either guys black out and hit the metal? Not, pedal the metal not early, good. Not or good. you just don't drink that much at all. It's only two options. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're Definitely good. break out the Bloody Marys to yeah help with things. Bloody Marys and Diablos, <laughs> baby. I, I can't wait to see what you put on the pod Instagram. Yeah. Stay yes. tuned. It's gonna, some it, good it, stuff. Is that this weekend? Yeah, this weekend. Man, me we're gonna Wolf be all Dan- over the map. Wolf Dancer and and Lakeway in Austin and Hawaii. We're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of content. And Waco, Texas. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing golf this weekend. Oh my gosh! Good, stay off our shit then. <laughs> you mean you don't like it when I post from a Baylor football game for the pod? It's a fucking golf podcast. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to say something. You haven't said anything about it yet. At least T Bone hasn't posted his tennis shit on there yet. Give it time. Ooh, mm, you're gonna get. I the, mean, at least everybody you're gets the football. Jordan Spieth cancel if you start putting tennis shit on our <laughs> golf podcast Instagram. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, that's why you need to follow us on social media at 3 under par pod. Solid question. I like it. Number three, Explosive. 3 under par pod, Twitter, and specifically Instagram, because that's where KJ and T-Bone are going to be probably updating stories or whatnot. Go follow us there. Yeah, T-Bone, that is a really good question. Appreciate it. What would you recommend to people, though, just as a general rule? What would you say the general rule is? If you're playing at least two rounds of golf, pack your clubs if you normally if a good round for you is breaking 100 don't pack your clubs if you're a good round for you is breaking breaking 100 you're probably not going on a golf trip or going somewhere where you're playing more than two rounds okay so i think if you can drive there bring your clubs well duh that's a no-brainer right it also depends though on where you're staying like if you are if you're over there for like a bachelor party or something like that, and you're staying at an Airbnb, it would probably be easier to bring the clubs versus a hotel. If yeah. you're staying in a hotel, don't bring the clubs, especially for one round. Don't do it. Especially when I'm probably fitting three dudes in a hotel room for two. Mm, sounds spicy. <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, those are the rules. Those are the. It is known. They're written in stone. They're on the record. Those are the rules. Thank you, T-Bone. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, boys. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Write us a review there as well. But most importantly is tell a friend. Hey, T-Bone, these guys you're out playing golf with, now tell them about the pod. Your foursome that you're playing with, you could be at a bachelor party. You could have your regular foursome. You could be a walk-on. Be like, hey, you interested in golf? Heard about these guys. Do you have any other announcements or anything else that's before we get out of here, uh, KJ's going to be on a little golf trip this weekend. Send some good stuff. Shout out to Dumpy and Nate. Wish I could be there. Uh, I'm kind of jealous, but got to go support the Bears up in Waco, Texas. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all sticking with us. We're going to get out of here. Everybody have a great week. And remember, little white ball is life. <laughs>